You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Couch Brotatoes. I'm Alex. This is Cap Morrison. Holy shit, Cap's back! Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> welcome back. You welcome back. back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he abandoned us. <laughs> like you were talking about before we were rolling the the freelance schedule. It's mm. it's a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, those those afternoon schedules are a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I work like every weekend too, and uh, it's like. Uh, behind the curtain stuff I've, I've been uh having a student every sunday which will change starting this week by the way so oh, very nice so very yeah nice. i'll be getting my uh i'll be getting my sundays back you're not teaching that devil guitar on god's day <laughs> how dare i i still just find it funny that he starts a class that after after 12 o'clock and he's like i don't know if i can do two episodes not tonight out. when i'm getting to work at 7 30 in the goddamn morning and i'm throwing a fast edit on this so we can have an episode out by wednesday dude, but hey cool that's dude, fine well, dude my <laughs> our hours are fucked you've been doing these weekend runs like same as me too <laughs> yes and i've still got a do more shit on the back end to make this shit happen. <laughs> I hear you. No, my, ske- my, my schedule's been fucked. I hear you. I get it. <laughs> Can't give you a little bit of crap. Come on. Especially because I'm, I'm still in hangout mode. We were supposed to record something good for you, so now I'm having to swap into couch potatoes nerd mode. <laughs> I know it. Well, hey, it's uh, at least it's something that I can like go to at length. Like I talked oh, about, yeah. yeah, it's something like we've talked about uh, a bunch on the show where it's like uh, I was more like a Batman guy than I was like a, a Marvel guy. I think if there's like a one Superman franchise that I keep up with more than anything. It's Batman. Mm. So like with uh, the movie we're going to talk about today, Chris finally yes. saw it. Yes, Chris finally saw it. It was funny because I kept trolling like the internet sites, same thing like I did for, and we did the exact same shit with uh, No Way Home or uh, what was the last, whatever the last Spider-Man movie was, where it's like the HD download showed up the day before it's supposed to release everywhere, so it's like we watched it literally, I think it was three hours before HBO Max was just like, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't just one of those two where you turn on the TV one day and you're like, oh, Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were, we were talking about wanting to watch it. So it's just like, well, he, it was like, well, it comes out tomorrow, which was a Monday, and it was still Sunday. I was just like, well, shit, fuck it. I'll just see if there's a download of it. And we downloaded it. <laughs> but it was still, by the time we finished watching it, HBO was going to have it in like three hours. So it was still just funny to me. I'd love to rewatch that. It was pretty good. It's like after uh, uh, Batman, uh, I think Spider Man's number two, just because we've had a whole episode about, you know, how our time period with spider-man movies uh went about but yeah 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 but no uh the 2022 new uh the batman with a brand new bruce wayne that being mr robert batten battinson <laughs> <laughs> raw bat bat and bat or is uh is our 
I was almost said friends at Weekly Plan. Is they feel like friends? I listen to them so goddamn much. But no, I, I love the Weekly Plan. But ever since Robert Pattinson was announced for it, it's like they they slowly started fucking up the name further. It was originally just Raw Bat Battinson, and then it was Raw Bat Bat Batten Bat. <laughs> See, I kind of got mad at them for uh, kind of uh, teasing it. Uh, a Star Wars movie, but it wound up being a Twilight thing. So I was just like, "Oh God damn it!" <laughs> no, 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 yeah, they, for a minute. They, yeah, no, they were teasing the Batman movies yeah. and did the Twilight ones instead. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson, who I like, no, he's pretty I thought, good. I thought he was. Uh, I think he did really well as uh, Bruce Wayne. But a lot of people had a lot of shit to say. We can go to it at length uh, for sure. But a lot of folks had a lot of shit to say about this movie too. And uh, you know, before we get into it, I thought it was pretty solid. What do y'all think? Um, overall, it was really solid. Um, I think it was a very different Batman movie than we've gotten in the past period. Um, and I think the best character of the movie is Gotham. Yeah, I fit, that's when we've talked about that. You know, here and there. But yeah, I totally agree with him. It's kind of like how New York City is with Seinfeld or like, I know this isn't a com- comedy movie or anything like that, but I was going to say so- Always Sunny where like the character, like, you know what I'm talking about, where the city is its own character. along oh, with uh, the, Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about this Batman movie too. About you, Chris. Andy Serkis. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Serkis was the best part of this movie because I was just waiting because you know there's the deleted scene of him saying some weird shit as Alfred being like, yeah, I was with the apes walking with those motherfuckers being <laughs> Jane Goodall was throwing that rock. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the fucking Congo. Because, you know, Alfred now is a creepy motherfucker yeah. who does nasty shit for the government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Andy Circus, Claw, Smeagol, uh, Julius uh, from... Snoke. Fuck, yeah, Snoke. Yeah. yeah he was in... He, he's he's in, the... Uh, ape. The, he's literally the ape in King Kong. He's the ape in Planet of the Apes. It's crazy because he's like the... Kind of the go-to, like, um, motion capture, mm-hmm. you know, creature actor. But he's also great at, you know being on screen without any makeup or any suits yeah. or anything like that too no this is fantastic but the, the, i do kind of feel what you're saying about the uh the setting mm-hmm. because it really gives you a uh, kind of a dark setting anyway just going into the movie and you're just like oh man gotham sucks <laughs> <laughs> and then, then like like as it, as it broadens out because you see a lot more daylight gotham kind of like uh, the last christopher nolan one where you've seen a lot of days on gotham which doesn't make sense you no, should, the, 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 sun, Goth- the sun does not shine on Gotham. No, this Gotham <laughs> was raining and dark the entire fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it ever stopped raining in Gotham. Good. Which, it kind of has like a, has that vibe that people talk about when they uh, mention Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they it have like rains in Seattle. Uh-huh, and uh, like, of course, with Kurt Cobain playing on top of it, too, it kind of adds to it. We'll yeah. get to that. Uh, <laughs> Alex hates that. <laughs> I th- no, there, there's one specific way they did it that I hate. And like I said, we'll get to that. But uh, the, the movie kind of pulls from a lot of uh, comic book uh, sources like Year One, The Long Halloween, and Ego, uh, which were all late 80s, early 2000s uh, comics. So they are definitely kind of pulling from... Within the history, it's kind of later material, but if but in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of in the middle of the road now. Yeah, age wise. Yeah, so like it, they waited a while to do like a prequel series. Pretty much every time they did Batman beforehand, it was like, oh, he's been Batman for a solid like decade. Yeah, he's at, he has Robin, Nightwing, all these other side characters. This one is just like, no, he just put on the fucking suit. It's not like the Christopher Nolan Batman where it's based in... Full origin. Yeah, but it's like it's based in some type of realism. 
it's this one is like we don't know how he started we know he started his his batmobile is actually a car mm-hmm. which not, i not a, fucking, not a goddamn tank that murders people <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just leave that up to the man himself that's, yeah that's kind of one of those things that's uh about this movie that i really like too where it's like people talk shit about how like oh this batman is like more grounded in reality than like say the chris nolan batman movies were mm-hmm. but i kind of like that i, 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 I gotta say both of them are pretty much grounded in reality because you know batman gets hurt yeah. a lot in the nolan ones and so does robert batson in these movies Holy he takes shit. A fucking beating. there's like one scene we'll probably get to where he's just like you know done yeah exactly <laughs> well no and one of the things that i also thought was interesting about it was so the nolan universe was grounded in reality in that the tech that was used felt like real slash slightly futuristic technology that like maybe you know army bases would use this to me is what would happen if jeff bezos had a bad day (laughs) everything that was in this movie i was kind of doing like that mental watch throughout the whole thing nothing in this movie that batman had Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk could not create within a day. <laughs> so that's kind of where I went with that. Some of the technology in the Nolan verse still felt a little futuristic with like the hover cars and mm. certain small things. Mm-hmm. Everything in this movie outside of character design felt like it could be achieved tomorrow. Yeah, especially with the way with the uh, the villain uses social media to get you know everything he needs done yeah so i so i feel like this is even more grounded in reality but that's kind of an interesting little launching point because we since we are kind of recording this a little bit later after the fact you know a lot of the different plot points have kind of been you know hit so we'll we'll of course talk about those different points but something that has kind of come up in recent conversation through this movie is do we like a grounded in reality batman or do we like a little bit more of not even campy Batman, but more, I don't know, fantastical, if that makes sense. I think uh, because think, think about his rogues gallery, like the scarecrow, you know, that that's not a very grounded in reality type villain. You know, they tried with the Nolan movie, but look at the comic, you know, that's not grounded in reality. Well, I think part of it too is that we all grew up on like the animated series where it's like of course sure there were fantastical you know villains and stuff like that but it was still you know batman such a ground level you know superhero if you will yeah but but even the animated series like mr freeze that was very fantastical that's very you know eccentric even for a animated thing you know and they made it very poetic you know and that's why the flamboyance of that character worked because they put it in such a dark poetic light yeah they could easily translate that to screen but it wouldn't be based in reality I think part of it too is that like uh, the villains are just as in, or more in, in, always going to be more interesting than Batman himself because they all come more from any such hero really if yeah. the villains written right and over time the villains have had like more realistic origin stories you know where like oh this could be that uh, the story of Ted Bundy or some shit like that with some of these Joker narratives or some of these um, Penguin narratives that's and that just kind of really got ramped up you know with some of the you know well what's your opinion do you like a more grounded batman or a fantastical batman i kind of like a more gritty batman myself yeah because like the animated series was kind of gritty in that uh uh without being super serious right right 
but I guess it's kind of like that middle of the road kind of thing right. where it's like super grounded in reality versus, you know, Adam West or something like that, for example. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was careful to uh, denote not necessarily camp, but yeah. more, you know, fantastical ideas and more of a, you know, stuff that wouldn't be necessarily grounded in reality, like, you know, space lasers and right. shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but no, I dug it. But what about you, Chris? Do you I'm like more a- of a Val Kilmer Batman? You <laughs> <laughs> could take a bullet to the face. <laughs> you see, you like a neon Batman. Fuck yeah! And think about Batman. You're talking about those villains. The thing about Batman's villains compared to everyone else's villains, they're all an extension of himself. Superman's villains are robots, aliens from outer space, smart human beings, and that's about it. Yeah, Batman. Each one is a characteristic of Batman. What's Mister Freeze do when he wants something that needs taken care of? He de- he takes the extra step. He'll he'll freeze you and kill you. Yep. He don't give a fuck. That's what Batman freeze. could do with one step. Cobblepot became a villain. He took a left. Batman took a right. You know the Joker is pure chaotic. Yeah, monstrative. Does doesn't give a fuck. Batman is a structured, engineered killer. That's all he does. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's that's another thing. Batman doesn't kill. That is a goddamn lie. Every Batman has murdered on screen. Every fucking one of them. Yeah, they just even don't George use Clooney. Guns. They don't have to. He that, his but, whole but, thing. His whole crux. The whole crux of all that. these stupid fucking fans is, oh, Batman doesn't kill. Really, Batman kills all the fucking. Time. Adam West killed. Okay. <laughs> Adam West killed. There are a lot of villains who are dead because of his shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> There's but like you talk about, you talk about the scarecrow. That's the part that got you talk me. About, you talk about grounded reality, like scarecrow. He's a terrorist with a bio weapon. Yeah, he's a, he's literally the most grounded motherfucker in the whole group. He has a powder in the, in the comics. He's, he's, he's literally a scarecrow. He's people's faces. And he's like, ha, I got you, motherfucker. Like pure fit now. Ha! And it's just like, oh god, what's gonna happen? I'm like, you're gonna die of an overdose. Yes. <laughs> That's that was my job. That's gonna be the next fucking Batman movie. That's all he had to do. That's all he fucking had to do. Bane. What is Bane? A masked man who takes justice in a different route. They're all <laughs> taking that extra step. <laughs> they're all extensions of the Batman. Unlike Spider-Man, who causes his villains, uh, yeah. <laughs> these are all extensions of himself. Yeah, and they could all be killed. That's what's crazy. All of Batman's villains can be murdered by Superman in less than a minute. Okay. Oh yeah. That's what I hate about like the Superman villains is like you know Batman couldn't kill those guys. It would take him a year to drop <laughs> to drop Lex Luthor, and even then he'd take a bullet to the chest. <laughs> like <laughs> it, 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 the Flash, the Flash is fucking hilarious. All his are just cartoony as shit. Yeah. yeah. A boomerang man. Really? King Shark. King Shark. It's a mutated shark man. <laughs> That's all it is. Who's dumber than a box of rocks and might have autism. <laughs> so like, is Batman like the... Well, there's obviously not the... There's more characters that are more grounded in reality. But in, like, say, the Justice League characters. And, and the Justice League... Like, in the Justice League characters, Batman is the only one who doesn't have powers. His only power is money. Yeah. But even then, it's fucking odd that... That's what his power is. Yeah, money. Money can buy a lot of things. So he is a kung fu master, tech well, that's, wizard, that's what makes billionaire. Him that's what makes him different. He's a <laughs> apex human. Everyone always seems to forget that part. But he's, that's the thing about it. he's an apex human being. He's yes. Lex Luthor if he became a superhero. That's that's the crux of Bruce Wayne. Is Bruce Wayne is actually the most dangerous motherfucker out there because not only does he use money, he doesn't need the money. 
Man, that's such weird. I he thought could just about kill. That. He could just kill. That's all he has to do. <laughs> that's all he fucking has. To do. And that's why Batman Year One and Two are the shit because he <laughs> kills people all the time. And that's what this movie's based on. You can hear the bones crunch in this fucking movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, I watched the uh, the cartoon one of that that had uh, Brian Cranston as uh, Jim Gordon when uh, oh, a friend of yeah, mine had yeah. a friend of mine just had the DVD and we're like, oh shit, why not? Just uh, put it on. This is right when uh, Dark Knight had come out and everything too, so we were all hyped up on. But Batman even even again. when they try to like, <laughs> even when they try to make the villains a little too unrealistic, they're still like the basis is ground reality. Like Firefly, he's just a pyromaniac who likes to burn orphanages. That's yeah. all he does. Yeah. Poison Ivy. <laughs> Poison Ivy is a eco terrorist. Okay? Yes, <laughs> that's all she is. A redheaded. Yeah, but she has <laughs> but she has fantastical powers. Yes, but she was later on. She was, she was later on, same with Mr. Freeze, same when they're like, oh man, Superman's fighting aliens from motherfucking space. Batman's got to do something instead of fighting this obese midget with one eye and a, <laughs> and a crook man. nose. And I'm pretty sure it might be a Jew. Like, <laughs> <laughs> calendar man. Yeah. Calendar Co- man. Cobble pots. <laughs> a serial killer based on dates. That's what he is. That's all he is. And you can tell I watched a Watch Mojo thing yeah. of the 10 most obscure Batman villains. <laughs> no, there's, so, there's, there's a lot of fucking stupid ones. Like the Pharaoh. I remember him. Alphabet man. See. Condiment man. Whatever. Condiment man. What about Chiller yeah. Croc. He was kind of fantastic. Killer Croc is actually just a runoff of King Shark. That's all he is. You're right. You're right. That's when, kinda, that's, that's when they start. That's when they start pulling stuff. Now, poison mm. ivy. Imagine poison ivy if she was just a eco terrorist, not some plant infused psycho bitch. You could make. <laughs> you could do that into a movie. Really? Yeah, they did. Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> she was an eco terrorist. Yeah, Take away true. her powers. She's a fucking eco terrorist. <laughs> Blowing up fucking power plants and shit. I was at a buddy of mine's place the other day, and he has a fucking Batman and Robin poster in Fuck his yeah. room. It's Fuck awesome. Yeah. We're like, dude, why that one? He was just kind of like, because Bane's fat. Yeah, Bane's kind of fat. <laughs> he just goes, I don't give a fuck. I love this movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Alicia Silverstone's in it. Yeah, it's the, the most nineties thing about that movie. It's the shit. I'll <laughs> then then we'll get into an Arnold Schwarzenegger pun. Fest. Oh God. But like, think about think about Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. What's wrong with him? Other than the fact he wanted to keep his wife alive. That's all he wanted. Really to think. bad puns. Yeah, but that's a movie. But I'm talking about like overall. <laughs> overall, what's, that... what's the worst thing about Mister Freeze? He's just trying to figure out this one fucking thing. He just can't do it. Batman does it in a day. And not, and what does Batman do? Hey, I figured out how to cure your wife. You piece of shit. Let's fight. And it's just like, oh, you brick. Like, really? Really, Bruce Wayne? You fucking dick? Like, that's the crux of this movie. Bruce Wayne is an absentee dick. <laughs> he has all this responsibility as B. Bruce Wayne, the richest motherfucker in a town. And he lets it all slide because he's just like, I really want to punch people in the face. <laughs> that really is the crux of this movie. Don't like, don't compare to Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos will let the world burn. <laughs> all right, he's a villain. Elon Musk is a retard. <laughs> he didn't invent shit. He needs to change his name from Tesla to Edison. That's what it needs to be because he didn't invent shit. Him and Steve Jobs will both be in the same ring of hell. Because <laughs> he didn't invent a goddamn thing. And this show is brought to you by Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Betty Crocker, motherfucker. She did shit right. <laughs> No, but I also thought this was interesting while I was Dustin pulling up the uh, the wiki just to grab a couple little notes. Uh, it debuted um, March 4th of 2022, but it was supposed to have came out. Uh, let's see. I just had the date and it slipped away from me. June, tw- uh, June of 2021. 
Hmm. So it got delayed a good bit because of uh, the pandemic. Yeah. But yeah, so we were supposed to have actually gotten this a lot sooner, which also begs the question, I wonder if we're going to get sequel material faster. Yeah, that's a good point. Because since the movie had a delayed release, maybe they've had a little bit more time on the back end to finish writing scripts and get other things in motion and fine tune things oh, yeah. and get it, it better ready to go. Kind of like how when it felt like Marvel wasn't doing anything and then all of a sudden they're like, here's all the shit at once <laughs> because the pandemic We're, lifted and they're like, we have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of shit got backed up. Well, shit. Oh, well, I'll, spoiler alert. Just go ahead and just say, you know, for folks listening, um, if that's cool. I mean, it's a spoiler show, so. Oh, yeah. well, I, again, the movie's been out for how long? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Batman's white? <laughs> oh, you ruined so they, it. So they have a Joker already, and they had an entire scene for uh, Joker. And so they have that in the can already, a guy to play him yeah. for whatever the next movie, you know, ideas could be. I could give a fuck about seeing that goddamn character one more time. Honestly, in, of, any, in any media, really, I really could. It's overplayed. It's overdone. You did it right three fucking times three in a row. Three times. <laughs> Let it go. Let so, it the fuck go. So, actually, I kind of want to dovetail on that. So, actually, I think the best way to kind of do this, since a lot of people have already done review shows, is kind of hopscotch around, kind of discuss what's kind of happened with the movie since then, discuss specific plot points. So, I think this is actually a really good launching point because after the movie came out, after a few weeks, uh, Warner released a deleted scene online in which by this time in the movie, uh, the Riddler has been captured, a.k.a. the Zodiac Killer, has been <laughs> captured, um, brought in, and Batman is questioning him. Actually, no, I'm sorry. This was before he was captured. Bruce goes to Arkham. And says, I need to speak to him. And starts having a conversation with the Joker. And it was like maybe a three minute long dialogue thing where it's kind of a good thing they cut it anyway. Because everything the Joker tells him, he figures out anyway within the next few scenes. So it's kind of redundant. But I kind of, even though the makeup is cool. Like the, like the very last like two seconds of the shot, you actually get like a clear view of the makeup. The prosthetics look all gory and, you know, creepy. It looks like a Joker from a Halloween movie. It's really unsettling. So I get it. Bravo. He looks awesome. I get it. But I also literally said that the comic books that this pulled from was Year One, The Long Halloween, and Ego. And Ego featured Hush. And Hush was a very important character in the Batman lore, especially during this point in time, because it's when it started really kind of pivoting and changing the formula of Batman to where the Arkhams and the Waynes weren't necessarily the squeaky clean people of Gotham they always were. And this Hush character was deeply connected in the early days that had to do with the orphanage and everything else. Does this all sound familiar? It's all parts of this movie. Everything that Nigma had a problem with, Hush also had a problem with. The character did. Okay. So for the fact they didn't use him, a much more intriguing kind of psychopathic killer character in place of the Joker actually felt really weird. And I'm not even like the biggest Batman fan, but it's like knowing this movie was coming up, I started doing some research on these comics and the lore of it all. And it really works. It's really captivating. So for the fact that they pulled in Joker already, almost felt like to me, they didn't have confidence in this movie. 
like the studio itself. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this was a director choice. Hmm. I feel like the studio itself did not feel like this Batman was going to be strong enough on its own, and they had to have something to grab that wide casting mass audience net because everyone knows who the Joker is. And if people start talking about, oh, the Joker's in it, people are going to go see the movie. I guess every Batman universe has to have its Joker in it. That's fine, but you know what? The Marvel Universe is doing just fine right now without a Tony Stark. We don't need a Joker in every Batman universe immediately. Or you know what? I agree. Or you know what? Tease the motherfucker. I know. We got him really fucking soon. Tease him. (laughs) Tease him for three movies. Let's get silhouettes. Let's get uh, Harvey talking about, you know, like, okay, let's introduce Harvey Denton. You know, he's on TV talking about, you know, this random clown going around killing people. Or, you know, um, he's trying to work with the um, Gotham Police Department. They drop a note on about, you know, the new, uh, you know, Joker killings, this, that, and the other. It's always a background thing, but we don't see it. Like an amazing Spider-Man. He got a text from J. Jonah Jameson saying you're fired. You know, it's like because they couldn't get J.K. Simmons and you can't get anyone else other than J.K. Simmons to play that role. What if he's just like a background character through like all three movies? No. No. You don't think so? I don't want to visually see him. I want him to be a minor annoyance and a little bit of a problem brewing in the background. That's it. Or he can be a mention. That's fine. They ought to do him the way they do, like Hannibal Lecter in uh, was that one movie where he's just kind of like a background character and is not the main villain. Oh, you mean like uh, Red Dragon? Yeah, like Red Dragon, or, or hell, even Silence of the Lambs. You know, it's like yeah. he's a big bad, but he's not like the big bad of the yeah, movie. Yeah, he's no Ted Levine. Right, exactly. The only problem I have with the Hush thing was it'd be better if they did Hush and Bat and Bruce Wayne had his shit together. Because Hush is Thomas. Thomas is Bruce Wayne's best friend when they were children. Thomas kills his parents because he's a psycho. He <laughs> becomes a surgeon, and then he wants to become Bruce Wayne. That's the whole arc of Hush. And they're probably doing Hush is the same reason you can't really do Professor Pig or any of those other vicious characters who are really about murdering people. Well, uh, I mean, th- but like you got you got chaotic. You can tweak them. No, you got you got. Wait, the thing about Hush, if you tweak it, you'll fuck it up because he's very he's very one dimensional in certain aspects. But when you realize who he is and how he got to where he is Mm -hmm. through like storytelling. Yeah, he takes away from that one dimension. But doing that within one movie. Exactly. Within one movie, it wouldn't work. Like and that's movie, why they would need to introduce them now. So, again, I feel like they could tweak think, it some be and be early. okay. I think the only thing that they would have a problem trying to do is the whole surgeon that trying to look like Bruce Wayne and become Bruce Wayne. I feel like they could tweak that part. But everything else leading up to it falls in perfect line with all the orphanage story that they laid the groundwork in in this movie. So it feels like that could be the third movie villain if we got a little peek of them now. Mm-hmm. And then we got a little bit more of them in the second one to the point where we're like, uh-oh, something's going to happen come the third one. I just I just think because his character is so close to Bruce Wayne and mm-hmm. him not realizing who Batman is. Right. It kinda, it'd be too soon because the only time you see Thomas right. is when Bruce Wayne's on top. When he's not 
year one Batman. You know, right, right, one, right. year one Batman is a sad sack. You know, he, he his house isn't rebuilt. He's not doing anything with his money, and that's the problem that he created the Riddler because he he didn't pick up where his parents left off. He creates the villain by happenstance. It's great. It works out fine. And he turns yeah. into the, like this little incel piece of shit <laughs> pussy, which I like because it's like the Riddler is always that guy. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's just, Riddler's always, if you play any of the Arkham games, you could beat him in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hardest A part would the, knock the, the hardest part out. is trying to get your goddamn hands on him. <laughs> he's a slippery he's, bitch. He, he's the guy who owns the brown property of Monopoly who just nickels and dimes his way to the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's that nerd. <laughs> no, and I loved that. The the, the nerdy incel guy. That, that was a perfect adaptation of a current if day. They do, if they do a number two, and this is a fan theory like a motherfucker, Robert Patson, new Bruce Wayne, He's a little bit out in the spotlight now. He's not just going to funerals. Yeah, really? <laughs> all right. He's got his shit together. Bruce Wayne, Wayne Tech, R&D, all this cool shit, public transportation, all the big money bullshit. Uh, Thomas shows up. Hey, Bruce, I haven't seen you in a long time. I've been doing, like, Doctors Without Borders or some shit. <laughs> all right. And now you can just, hey, these guys were kids. You could do flashbacks of these kids mm, hanging out mm, where Alfred's just like, be a fucking child, right? <laughs> yeah. And then bring in another woman, not Vicky Vale, not in these other. Bring in this some redheaded chick. Yeah. Who does something te- or like seen something terrible? Bruce Wayne's trying to comfort her, and then you realize she's just like him, and he kind of sees it. And now I just set up the story for Night of the Phantasm. Yep. That's what I just did. It is not that fucking hard. <laughs> oh, okay. dude, I forgot that that was the art for Phantasm. That oh, was, dude, that was shit. That was actually my introduction to Batman. Can you really? imagine if they try to do that costume now? Just some chick with a half cape and a hook for a hand. God damn, be fucking metal as shit. Fuck yeah, it would. <laughs> Disney be face. like, we should have bought DC. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're writing a <laughs> the next coolest Batman. Chris Morrison's Star Wars and Movie Emporium. <laughs> for real. Now with cup holders. Now with cup holders. But like, but, this seems like if you're going to do such an early, early days Batman, mm-hmm. don't give him like the big shit like Joker. No. Or like, give him Cobblepot. Great that fucking villain. great. And they didn't make him look like a fat pussy. No. No. This dude looked like he could punch Batman in the face and might hold himself for at least a good minute. Like a <laughs> good minute before the, he just like kicked him in the jaw. And got Colin fucking Farrell. Yeah. It's like you would never guess it looking at the screen. They made him look like uh, De Niro, like in Goodfellas, where, yeah, like, I know. Gr- where he's like uh, you know a little big, but a little like gr- uh, gruff still. Yeah. you know, and like th- that kind of makeup is the same thing you see in like Black Mass, where uh, Johnny Depp plays Body Bolger. You watch that movie? I've watched it three or four times. I forget that's him mm-hmm. until you look him in the eye, I for- it, and that's yeah, fucking that terrifying yet. when you do that with an actor. It kind of creates that uh, that boundary of realism, right? And you're just like. Do we even need actors? Like, we got makeup. <laughs> right. Make look like whatever cartoon motherfucker that we want them to. That or, like, the Freddie Mercury guy. What's his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Um, Rami Malik. Rami Malik, yeah. With his big teeth. Yeah. And honestly, I think this is the best Catwoman on screen we've gotten. Oh, uh, Baby Kravitz. <laughs> yeah. Zoe, yeah. that's her name. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard push against Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm just saying. I, but, dude. D- that white was, gold. Was she bad? I don't know, man. I think uh, Adam West uh, series had the best cat women. Just saying. <laughs> I'm talking about all the, the current movies. Uh, Come on. I was kidding. But yeah. <laughs> I was a Batman, uh, Batman Adam West movie. 
What's that? Catwoman was in the Batman Adam West movie. That's, that's why I specified modern. I knew you yeah. were going to say that. <laughs> no, oh, she's yeah, she great. Did, yeah, she did great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the part where she's like hopping out of her fucking hotel or uh, her apartment. Yes. The way she just glides from mm-hmm. one spot to the next. It was perfect. It was seamless. It didn't look like they had to train it that much. And it still kept a little bit of like feline type. Yeah. And it kept it a little bit more animalistic. Yeah. Um, the only problem I had with, with it was... And this is kind of more of the movie than anything was they showed up during the daylight. Yeah. I don't like that shit. <laughs> Batman looks stupid as fuck in the middle of the afternoon. He obviously does. <laughs> you go no back and watch, watch costume, that. Go back and watch costume. that Dark Knight Rises where they're having that fucking gangland battle with the cops and Bane in them. And you just see Batman fighting a masked man and just like, that is the stupidest fuck. Nobody, everyone would have dropped their fucking weapons and would have been watching this weird circus <laughs> fight between a batted man and a muscle man. It just looks like the guy in Los Angeles wearing the fucking yes. Batman costume. <laughs> and he's doing a... Uh, uh. Right. <laughs> It just looks so fucking stupid. Just look like yeah, a homeless so, person. <laughs> yeah, so like a Bat- homeless person. So Batman in the daytime is a no go. <laughs> Even with Ben Affleck. No, it doesn't it look, look right. right. It doesn't look right. Him fighting aliens looks weird as shit. Anyway, that <laughs> whole movie was weird as shit. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but no, honestly, I didn't have a lot of negatives with this movie. Um, maybe the the one that a lot of people have kind of loved was the riddles were pretty easy. Yeah, even though the characters in that. the even though the characters in the movie were acting like, what could this mean? I think what I think that mean? was more of a let's make the police look fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. For real, I love Gordon though. The guy that plays Gordon that was great. Is a fantastic actor. Oh, the guy from uh, I've only seen him in what is it? Um, HBO show with robots. Westworld. Westworld. So he shows up in Westworld. He's a fantastic actor in that. That's one of the few shows where I just, where there's a twist, and I'm just like you bastards like i mm-hmm. felt like hey bastards <laughs> yeah and like it, but he did he did it perfectly because he's a great actor and I, just, I love the fact that gordon's like shut the fuck up and let the masked man come in yeah yeah i'm trying to get this shit done because you inept motherfuckers yeah are really fucking with my mocho all right and there's like i love the little cop with the handlebar mustache mm-hmm. puts his hand on his Puts his hand on Batman's chest. I would have been like, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you not realize you, who you, I am? You dream of assaulting me. You better wake the fuck up and apologize. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he could have just cracked that dude's skull. And I love that he's like constant in the in the movie. This inept handlebar mustache cop. Because you know he's just like... I hate this goddamn town so fucking much. I hate this town. <laughs> I'm starting to laugh again because <laughs> we watched we was watching the movie live, and there's a scene where Batman's trying to get three fingers deep in Catwoman, and like <laughs> there's a it's in the middle of a crime scene, and this cop's like, "Hey, what's going on in there?" And I'm just like, I just dub it over. I'm just like, I hate this town. <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> that's the guy that's going to be the villain in the third movie. Yeah. It's just this rogue cop. It's this rogue cop. Yeah, he's going to be fantastic. I hate this place. Fuck this town. I hate this place. Go to, go to Metropolis. Go to Metropolis where it's safe, where there's a god watching over all of us. I can see him. He's a real god. <laughs> And you see him get his ass kicked by some dude named Lobo. <laughs> yeah, and then the other uh, the other plot point that was kind of annoying was I can't remember exactly how it led to it, but it was the it was the tip that he needed to use the uh, 
carpet tool to lift up the floorboard. Yeah, so the Riddler was using a um, a carpet tool, which is a bladed uh, knee brace. I think you just um, if you if anybody's listening to this who's ever done like carpet work, you do it to jam the carpet to the edges and stretch it. Yeah. Well, anyway, he was eighty six of motherfuckers with this goddamn thing, and I will say that's impressive. Yeah, that's a well, hell of a weapon. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to the intro bits in a second. I just wanted to kind of talk on this mm. bit, but yeah. It, that, that part did feel a little random. Mm. Like, they kind of just, like, that was one of those, like, fresh air, air, sunlight, outside. And it's just, like, connect all the random things to all, mm. all of a sudden get to, you know, we've, we've got to go into the well. You know, it's like none of that connected with what you first said with air, you know? Yeah. So it's like. The riddles in Batman Forever were better. <laughs> okay? I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. The, 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 the cards were cooler because <laughs> he had these big-ass like, uh, pop-out cards. <laughs> yeah. Man, I can't remember and it was Jim Carrey. watched that. It was Jim yeah. Carrey. It's fantastic. My, honestly, though, my favorite bits is what you were kind of talking about a second ago. The intro scenes for both the uh, for the Riddler and Batman, mm-hmm. the first maybe 15 minutes of the movie, that was my favorite bit of the whole thing because oh, it yeah. starts off with you seeing the uh that guy running for like what senator or mayor or some shit mm-hmm. um saying goodbye to his family presumably to you know go trick-or-treating or whatever because it was established later on that night that it was halloween because he mm-hmm. turns to him he's like probably your favorite fucking night of the year happy fucking halloween you know yeah. just turn around walks away he's like fuck you <laughs> oh oh the cop with the the other big cop with the mustache that was like super anime like jim what the fuck is going on over here? Yeah. <laughs> the guy is on my ass, I tell ya. <laughs> he was just like super animated. I was just like, I hope he never goes and away. That's the stupidest trope of all movies is when a cop says, the mayor is on my ass. The yeah. mayor has yeah. nothing to do with the motherfucking cops. <laughs> just like the prosecutor has nothing to do with the goddamn police. Law and order has lied to you. All right? Wait. The prosecutor and the cops are fucking hand in hand trying to execute you. <laughs> okay? That's not how it works. Riggs, you're a loose canon it's not because you're an asshole (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but the entire time you're seeing all this is from the point of view of binoculars and Mm -hmm. for the first little bit you're kind of thinking it's batman because Mm -hmm. we usually see that kind of thing but then you just hear that yeah breathing and it's like oh asthmatic yeah i was like oh no i was waiting here i want to kill this guy I gotta make a tweet first. God, you fucking puss. I hate the Riddler in this fucking movie. I hate him. But that's, but that's what makes him a good villain because you hate him so much. And even, but like, this, like the structural size of the man bothers me because it's the dude that prize plays uh, the drummer in the Beach Boys. Or the uh, he was in um, uh, he was Elijah in fucking uh, There Will Be Blood. Yes. Yeah. Weak. Yes. <laughs> I drink your milkshake, Riddler. <laughs> but I thought it was so cool, though. He's like, what? So then it clips to inside. He's watching the news feed. He's talking mm-hmm. on the phone, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, you just see him walk away because you pace when you're on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, as soon as he answers, he's like, hello? Yeah. He starts walking. As soon as he walks, you see that the Riddler's been standing directly behind yeah, him. Yeah, he has a drop on him. Yeah. And it's just like that scene there. And they even added like the little bit of the. <laughs> Like yeah. that, that the first time watching it did give me like that little <gasps> jump because you're genuinely not expecting it. You were not expecting the Riddler to be right behind him as soon as he walked away. And then like the whole scene of even the murder and it was like kind of quiet the whole time, really focusing on the sound of the smacks and everything else and the reality of it all. It was just like, 
ooh, this is this is creepy. And then you get the introduction to Batman, where he's kind of giving you know I like, his. I like this a little bit better, just for the fact that it reminds me of the second Batman Nolan movie. Yes, because so, it just begins with there's a bat signal, dude. I'm getting the fuck out of here mm-hmm. because now it's established that he's done some nasty shit to some people. Yeah, because this but is I'll, a year into, and he establishes that he says it's been a year into being yeah. the Batman, you know, setting the other, and he's really prideful on the fear side of this, which he yeah. kind of takes a turn near the end where he's like, you know, a little bit of compassion also goes along. Way, which is when he sees people getting yeah. lifted out next while the, the, but the, 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 the little the little crimes that are happening yes that was what i was leading into yeah. i love that it starts with like a drop head you know robbing a store yeah. you know some other kids spray painting you know graffiti on you know some government building uh-huh. you know and all this other and a guy getting pushed around in the subway station and as soon as that light goes on and he's kind of narrating this everyone just kind of stops and looks off in the corner and they see that shadowy corner where they can't see anything coming in. They all get terrified and run. And that's how he's using his tactics right now is you never know where the Batman could be. And it kind of prevents a lot of the crime until you run up on some motherfuckers and some black and white makeup that want to challenge you and you beat them to a fucking bloody pulp. So this is, this is what I like about this scene. <laughs> so... Uh, it reminds me of when those assholes were doing the knockout challenge. Hey, let's just run up behind somebody and punch him in the back of the skull and see what happens. I hated that shit. What, what the fuck is wrong with you to try to do that? I watched that happen in front of me, and the guy next to me grabbed that motherfucker and threw him on the ground. Good man. Because he caught it before <laughs> wow. I did. Because the guy was running up on someone, and he was about to hit a woman in the back of the skull. And he got him. He fucking threw him to the ground. And the dude's head made a funny bounce. And I'm just like, <laughs> you killed him. Jesus. I'm just like, this is... This is the second time. No, this is the second time I've seen something like this. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> so I go to the zoo. <laughs> anyway, other than watching real murder, um, yeah. fake murder. <laughs> yes, because there's the kid who's trying to who might become a gang member, and they're just like, "Hey, just beat the fuck out of this Asian guy." Per- perfectly exemplified by his face only being half painted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so half sack. The, uh, the, the pledge. Yeah, the pledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, rookies, you're raising. Right. And I just like how the old, uh, the Asian fella is just like, God damn it. Like, he knows what happens in this shit town. While no one has a battle buddy in this fucking town, I have no idea. <laughs> a battle buddy. Just For real. someone to carry a knife and then, like, throw a gun away in case you plug some teenager trying to rob you. You know what I'm saying? Do you need that in Gotham? There needs to be a battle buddy, an accountability. Yeah. Okay. Always prepare to be strapped. <laughs> yeah. Clap, clap. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you do see you see the silhouette of Batman coming out, and at first you're like, "This is the goofiest motherfucker." Like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> at no point does no one say that during the during that scene. A little bit. They're just like, "Who the fuck are you?" Like yeah. in a tough kind of macho way. But oh, no yeah. one just no. There's never that one thug who's just like, "Look at this, this fucking, fucking prick. guy." Yeah, <laughs> this guy in a fucking suit. And I like the how the kid kind of like that. I like how the kid, the younger guy, was just like, "Uh, I've heard of this guy. Yeah, uh, he murders people. Uh, he's killed before. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, you know." First year Batman killed a lot of people by mistake, tried to do that whole over the ledge trick and it's like fuck. Like <laughs> Ah damn, I need to work on my arm strength. That's, that's <laughs> Meanwhile the- he's crippled on the ground, bleeding to death. <laughs> and then well that way Bruce could be like, I didn't do it, Batman did. Yeah. yeah. I'm just learning to be the bat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he goes toe to toe with these guys, and what I liked about it was the first guy 
ballsiest motherfucker in the world. I don't care how goofy he looked. If he looked like a clown, like a straight up Bozo the Clown, don't just walk up on him. He's walking up on a gate. Think of the mentality it takes for someone to dress like a fucking character of any kind and walk up on a gang of motherfuckers with the intent of killing them. One of those people in the gang is the smartest one. He was a kid with a half a face because he was just like, oh, fuck. At no I'm point, at no different. point, at no point do they think he might have a gun. <laughs> That's For a real. big fucking cape that can hold a big fucking rifle. <laughs> so, at no point do they think this motherfucker might shoot us in the face <laughs> and mug us. He's got a utility belt. What's in that fucking utility belt? This man might think he's an actual Batman, like <laughs> like a monster or some shit. He might. He might. There's a there's a connotation in your mind. It's like he might think he's a vampire. Like <laughs> there's always that one motherfucker in the back. Oh shit, he was a vampire. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not sparkling as shit. But like, oh man, it's not daylight. He's not sparkling. But, <laughs> but he's got super speed. He can rip a lion's head off. But uh, the first guy is probably the most dumbest person in the movie. <laughs> he's he just gets up in his goddamn face, and as soon as he starts talking. You hear the soul leave his body <laughs> with every punch to the face. And like when you're watching that fight, it's not even a fight. It's a beating. Yeah. And like you don't see that a lot of Batman movies. You don't see a lot of beatings. You see, you see Michael Keaton murder some people. <laughs> For real though. But a good old fashioned beating and they let it go. And like there's this weird noise that I've only heard in a few movies, mainly Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. <laughs> like when that guy opens up the metal door and Leatherface drops that fucking hammer and makes that weird crunch noise. Yeah. That bothers me. <laughs> that's like, the noise I was hearing. That thunk, thunk, thunk. That's the, that's the orbital socket cracking. That's the temple cracking it on itself. That's, I forgot, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. He's forgetting birthdays. <laughs> he's like, he's taking memories from this man with every fucking punch. This dude is a retard by the time this thing is done he beat this man stupid all right this man is not a functioning member of society not much like he was before but he is no longer a functioning member of society and not only did those motherfuckers watch it for a solid 30 seconds they're just like hey he's killing jeff jeff is dead not know what the one with the gun is the second dumbest one because he's like i'm gonna shoot this motherfucker in the face because he's gonna try to do that to me and then they realize he's bulletproof and he's covered in electricity somehow. And he starts beating the shit out of them too. See, the thing about Batman. These right? are the dumbest crooks. Could you imagine? Like, could you just imagine how fucking ape shit someone has to do just to kill one man in front of like his buddies? That's the thing about. That's like pissing off like a UFC guy in a Starbucks. It's just like, what the fuck are you gonna do? We're talking about how like how gritty is your Batman? Everybody got mad about Ben Affleck killing people in uh, his movies, so now it's just like Batman's not killing anybody, but we're gonna fucking beat him till he's like on the brink yeah, see, of that, fucking. That guy's dead. Well, see yeah. that that cat brings up a great point with everything Chris just just described. I mean, it was in the trailer. You know, it's one of the more famous scenes. Everyone's seen it. Everyone was watching that, being like, "That motherfucker's dead." He was just the last one to get up to run away. So justice is just somebody's skull just beating. I'm sorry. There's no getting up and running away after that. His buddies dragging his dead carcass from the subway platform is the greatest relief to me. (laughs) Because it's like, yeah, take the body away, motherfucker. Take away my crime. Take away the evidence. And I just like the Asian guy's like, don't kill me. Don't fucking kill me. Because that's a fucking perfect reaction. Yeah. Because you just watch him. 
beat and maim. What was it like? Six, six guys? guys. Yeah, yeah, six guys took a beating from hell. You watched him shoot him from me to you in the mm-hmm. chest, and he's just like, "Did you just fucking shoot me, you prick?" <laughs> and he pulls out and like he pulls that, out that taser thing. Yeah, he pulls out that taser thing, and <laughs> and I'm just like. Oh my god, he might have a heart problem, dude. You killed that dude. <laughs> you can't just be willy-nilly like the fucking LAPD. They can't just start 86 and motherfuckers. You ain't the cops. Man, Batman doesn't kill. He just really, really fucks you up. He doesn't have liability insurance. No. <laughs> so, no. So, again, that intro and the, uh, the intro for uh, the Riddler I thought was fantastic. And, again... We, we kind of talked about this at the very beginning, and it's now where it leads into this. No, I don't have a problem with Nirvana being in the movie. That's not my problem. And in fact, it was very it, it, it was very effective because it's such a slow droning song. Mm-hmm. Kurt's kind of you know lazy in a good way. Delivery kind of really pushes home that. Gotham There's, sucks. Gotham sucks. <laughs> there is currently little hope for this town. Batman's mm. trying, but it's not working. You know, so it's like, honestly, even though I'm not a Nirvana fan, in that scene, in that moment, it works. This is when I have the problem. Bruce Wayne gets to his makeshift bat cave. He takes out his honestly really cool little eye thing, his eye camera, which. Pulls, uh, pulls into a cool plot point with Catwoman later on where he's uh, doing research in the Iceberg Lounge. And you know what? And people were complaining. They're like, no, th- that technology was never explained. It doesn't have to be explained. He's Fuck Batman. you. He's it's Batman. Batman. Yeah. And, and plus, it made for a really cool line in there where it, it, he, it actually makes sense. He's writing these journals and narrating things because it's taking such a toll on him mentally and physically he has to force himself to remember those nights because it's all becoming a blur he's having trouble balancing real life and batman it was a very compelling thing but then he notices the tv saying something he wants to hear and you see him reach for a dial on his uh desk and turns down what we hear in the background that being something in the way by nirvana that's when I have the problem. I'm fine with it being a musical piece in the film. I'm not okay with the idea of fucking Bruce Wayne feeling sorry for himself watching the footage, listening to something in the way. There's a term for that where it's like, uh, you know, background music and not, you know, somebody listening to a radio or a you know cassette yeah, player or whatever. It, it completely changes in a movie, yeah. the concept of it though to me because before it really works as a focal piece a kind of a musical orchestration of what's happening but now it's just transitioned to okay take a step back it's like it's like when you watch those really weird tiktoks and this guy uh posted a video is uh had like all these ego waffles on the table and he's like maple syrup time and dumps like fucking five gallons of syrup on this thing and immediately close to some guy like clearly just laying in his bed he goes i want to know how you felt five seconds after making that tiktok seeing all the syrup spilled across the floor who's going to clean that you are you're going to be on your hands and knees like you're praying to the maple gods it just like goes on this whole thing of just like you know you should ought to be ashamed of yourself let's take a step back bruce wayne 
is sitting there brooding with his eye makeup on, watching what he just did, listening to Nirvana. This song specifically. That's the connotation that I don't like. Because Bruce Wayne doesn't listen to Nirvana, I guess. Not at least in that setting. Like, what is that Bruce so, Wayne listening like, to? Like, okay, like, like it also makes sense, like, okay, in Iron Man 1, when Tony's working on his hot rod. Black and black! Well, I was going to say, institutionalized from suicidal tendencies oh, yeah, is right. playing in the background. You know what? But that works, because Tony was kind of the, the weird playboy, but still a little bit more eccentric and, you know, a little bit more real. So that worked. How old do you think he is? Oh, uh, Bruce. Bruce Wayne, how old do you think he is? He's got to be mid-20s by this so point. So 25. Yeah. So he's born in 1995. Yeah, Nirvana. And he's an emo little punk ass <laughs> who's doing whatever the fuck he wants. So yeah, he's going to be listening to fucking Nirvana or Pearl Jam or whatever sucky fucking rock there is. All right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, he, I wanted to... Li- he should be listening to fucking Jump in the Fire by Metallica. That would have been fucking hilarious. Sure. Just like, Jump in the Fire now and just him bashing some dude to death. <laughs> that would make more fucking sense. I get it. I get it. It bothers you a little bit. But to me, it's like, okay, fine. This emo little punk fuck is just blasting some Nirvana while he's talking about murder. Yeah. And it's, Alfred's kinda... probably tired of the shit. Alfred's like, I bought that for you when you were 10. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, I saw him live. I saw him live. I was there when he died. I was cleared it up because I'm Alfred and I do weird shit. Like, is this <laughs> all you ever talk like about this, is fucking Nirvana? <laughs> yes, all you talk about is fucking Nirvana. God damn it. You're, you're rich. You're rich. You have nothing to be said about. <laughs> Again, but yeah, that, that, that was to me, only... to me, a 25-year-old emo prick would be listening to fucking Nirvana. <laughs> but but to, if it says anything about me, your hate for Nirvana. <laughs> not, no, not even hating for Nirvana. It was honestly, I'm watching the movie because, again, we get the awesome uh, Riddler intro. We get the awesome Batman intro. And you know what? I'm starting to kind of fall into it. Like my, my foot's starting to tap. I was like, you know, in this setting, this song actually works. I was starting to give Nirvana a little bit of ups, being like, you know what? Maybe I just needed to see it put to something mm-hmm. to actually kind of appreciate the song a little bit more. I don't know. You know, it's like I was honestly trying to give it a little bit of props. I shit you not, when he turned it down, I literally felt myself sit back in my seat some. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I was honestly like leaned up, like excited, like, oh, fuck, this movie's great. When that happened, I legit leaned back some. I was like, oh, fuck. I think it ruined the movie. And then it just went downhill from there. No, it was a I great it, movie after that. Of, I think it's because of the oversaturation of that fucking trailer playing that same goddamn that song. That is true. In every trailer, it's the oversaturation of it. It's like, oh, this is our, this is our apex song. For the whole goddamn thing, unlike Jurassic Park, when it's just like, it's like apocalypse now. This <laughs> is the end. Yeah. So like you get this oversaturation of one song, and it kind of fucks it up when you finally see it. It's kind of like when you watch trailers for anything. Yeah. It's like I'm looking for that thing I saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. I know it is because like my mind. You know what I hate has about put, has put me in that setting. I know where the character is, and then they don't do it, and you're just like, "What the fuck did I watch?" You know what I fucking <laughs> ha- you know what I fucking hate about trailers now. These I know it's like off topic, but uh, I just want to bring this up. How they have like songs where it's just like, uh, say, the Morbius trailer. They had mm-hmm. like this uh, fucked up version of "People Are Strange" by the Doors, but yeah. it's just like this like droney shit yeah. and just Jim Morrison's vocal, and that's it. That's been like every trailer in the last. Yeah, so they, they, take, they, take, so. they take a classic song. Um, and then they just morph it a little bit. I, I hate that say, shit. I, I can think of two more they've done that with well, the, the, the uh, Stranger Things trailer. Yeah. So, 
Which hyped you the fuck up. I, I, I heard Journey. I was just like, yeah, we're still in the 80s, motherfucker. We're going <laughs> to fuck some shit up without consequence. And then uh, <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder, uh, the new trailer. Yeah, I don't like that. Has uh, done that because there's a brand new one with uh, Gore the God Butcher uh, yeah. in the trailers. And uh, that one is a remix, Sweet Child of Mine. The first version oh, was yeah. the first version was just straight Guns N' Roses version where you got the uh, debut of Lady Thor and all that. But the new version of the trailer has seen with Gore the God Butcher where it's like you know that sepia tone black and white thing yeah and and it's kind of doing that and the guitar part is real extra echoey kind of like how that musician uh, Lord she takes she takes songs and redubs them and does them very well it just depends on your point of view right but uh, someone did uh Smells like Teen Spirit, the Nirvana mm. song, and redid it with a chick, and they slowed it down and did it for a movie called The Gallows. And I'm just like... The Tori Amos version? Yeah, it's a slowed-down version, and it's kind of like doom metal-y. Oh, okay. Uh, but it sounded really good, because I didn't realize I was listening to that song. And it kind of plays with the thing. But then you watch the movie, and they don't play the song, so it's just like, okay, but that that that, that kind of built it yeah, a right. little bit. And I think that's the problem with that song. It built that movie mm-hmm. with the trailer. And you're just like, you finally hear it in the trailer. I'm like, okay, now we got some context. And then you're like, oh, wait, he is a douche. <laughs> but Again, that's if they what had did just it for you. You realize turn- he was a douche. Yeah, if they had just not had him turn it down on the stereo, we wouldn't have been talking about this for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's like, because I honestly did not hate it in the movie. It was just the connotation that Bruce was listening to. But you still caught it. yourself singing it for three days straight afterwards, though, I, didn't you? Yeah, honestly, I did. But but. Lately, a lot of the shit I've been watching has been having really good soundtracks. Like, uh, probably the next episode or the episode after, Chris and I are going to be talking about Moon Knight. And uh, they that song that shows up on that, that every day I wake up and yeah. I start to break up. I'm lonely as a man without love. That was stuck in my head for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, now lately, a, a bunch of these uh, comic book properties have been throwing in some really good soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Heard really good stuff about... Um, uh, the Peacemaker soundtrack. Yeah. There was oh, a bunch it, of good it, stuff it, in that, it, but I still I, hadn't watched Peacemaker it's either. A, it's a fantastic yeah. soundtrack. It's like Hanoi Rocks and shit oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's just some parkour shit. He's, <laughs> See, getting cha- he's getting chased by a naked bitch and he blows her the fuck up and he's just like, what the fuck are you listening to? And it's like, no, 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 no. But see, that's what's so cool about it is, you know, the folks that were like our age growing up listening to this mix mash of, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s music are now the ones in charge. Yeah. And now folks from our generation are going, no, 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 no. Let's put Guns N' Roses in this. Check the shit out. You know, let's throw some Hanori Rocks in here. You know, I found not a lot of people know about this, you know, because that's still a bit of a niche band to a point. Disney can afford Guns N' Roses. HBO can afford Hanori Rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. HBO, though. HBO will go, will spend all the fucking money. They got Game of Thrones money now. Yeah, Yeah. But like to spend the money on a soundtrack. Like Westworld, it's all piano. But it's songs you know. Mm-hmm. There's a badass scene. Like, this is just a quick little thing. Badass scene. The man in black comes into the bar. Westworld, you know, Old West. Painted Black is being played on piano. Yeah, I remember and that. And I'm just like, oh, shit's about to go down. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Kind of <laughs> adds to the, like, uh, we're in the Western, but, you know, in pres- actually in present day. It sets day. the tone of, like, you're not where you, you need to be. Right. Because you're like, oh, this is Old West. And it's like something's not right. And it gives... Michael <laughs> Crichton wrote it. He has a thing like about the theme other. parks that murder people. For real, though. Read some of his books. They're all about theme parks. <laughs> Dude, 
the real Jurassic Park. I think Park. he's scared of roller coasters. I think Michael Crichton, the guy who wrote Jurassic Park, is scared of roller coasters. It's <laughs> like, I fucking hate theme parks. I bet he loved that Kiss movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, but back to the movie, I think all the... Uh, I think the murders are captivating mm-hmm. i think there i don't think there was any i don't think there was any killing from the riddler that just felt like oh well there was that it felt each, like a saw kind of situation yeah like, each, right. each one had its own identity so to yeah. speak you know none of them felt forced or like oh well that was dumb um all the different cobble pot stuff with uh the bar and and, oh. and the and the moroni things yeah moroni and uh falcone yes i love the whole undercity uh underbelly kind of mob aspect and that was of the cool movie. thing about batman like in and when you did the year one and stuff it's not super villains it's mobsters yeah penguin is nothing but a mobster yeah you know harvey dent is the opposite he's a he's a chaotic coin flipping asshole but he's part of that he's part of that grounded reality it becomes, that we see it becomes like a good fellas thing on top yes. of it or like, yeah yeah who's that that's johnny two times why because batman hit him twice in the sternum and he can barely fucking breathe <laughs> <laughs> and honestly and talking about the whole mob thing i think the penguin had one of the best scenes in the movie what dialogue was mm-hmm. it was when they were talking about el rata yeah and they're like I forget how he's, yeah, he's, he's like, like. You mean the rat? Yeah, yeah he's like. I'm the, he's That's like world's rat. greatest fucking detective <laughs> doesn't a, know Spanish. <laughs> racist. That's yeah, like, that's basically what he did. He pulled a fucking race car on the white guy in a costume. Really? <laughs> you don't know Spanish? <laughs> but, but it was great because he was like, hold on, and then like he and Harvey kind of turns aside, yeah. and they're like. Could he be right? <laughs> and that's the thing. Robert Pattinson, the greatest detective, is like, fuck, I don't know. Right. <laughs> and see, here's the thing. Pull out my iPhone. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone wanted to say this movie lacked a lot of humor, in which a, almost every Batman iteration kind of had a little bit of humor with it. I thought it had humor. I, exactly, yeah. I was about to say, I beg to differ. It was just done in different ways. Like, one, honestly, that's part of the scene was kind of played up for comedy and then when they just fucking left him there and he was mm-hmm. trying to walk away and he kind of had that penguin wobble it's like that was comedy and it's just like oh it's a little nod to you know that he's walking like a penguin and the um and the thumb drive yeah <laughs> the, bat, the bat thumb drive yes where he's like he goes to the car opens it up he's like oh god he's like what pulls it out he's like thumb drive <laughs> it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> and I won't lie, I got pretty excited when it was uh, Nick Totoro that yeah. appears oh, yeah. as Falcone, one of the greatest fucking actor. Oh, ever. he was great. Mm-hmm. He plays. He, he's really good at playing a menacing guy. Uh, if you watch like movies like Secret Window, which is like a Stephen King book, uh, he plays Johnny Depp's alter ego oh, in that movie. Dude, I got to see that because it's, the whole crux is you know Johnny Depp stole. Right. The writings from John Tudor's character. Okay. And John Tudor shows up. He's like, you piece of shit. You plagiarized me. And then he starts doing some nasty shit in the neighborhood. And it's, it's, it's really good. Even in like the, the, the funny movies, he's like a fucked up character. Like the Jesus is a better oh, yeah, is a better ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you got uh, was Oh Brother Warthel. He's the third. Yeah. And he's, he's the just, one that's kind of like the most crazy out of all of them. Yeah. He's like, hey, hey, man, your brother, they Pete, your brother turned us in. Lies. Yes. <laughs> but like, that's all I see when I see him now. Do not see the treasure. <laughs> and also, like, the uh, the wrinkle that Falcone was um, Selena's father. Yeah. I thought that, yeah. that they've done that a little bit recently in the comics. That's not a classic storyline, but I, I kind of like that new little wrinkle. That like doesn't about, take away from either character. That's what I like about the Catwoman in this one. So, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is a psycho. 
who just wants to murder people. Right. She has one fucking objective. Find it out this one thing. Yeah. Who and killed him, my friend. And tell the Batman. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you're here. Awesome. Let's kill this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yes. I like how she has that, like, friend mentality. Oh, yeah. shit, you showed up. All right, let's have a drink. Let's murder this guy. <laughs> let's uh, tell the cop to go fuck himself because we're super villains. And then we'll, <laughs> like, and then we'll make out. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll go to a crime scene and fuck. Like, because <laughs> that's what they do. That's what the Catwoman and Batman do. They fuck on crime scenes, ruin evidence, and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and cops walk in. I hate this town. <laughs> and I just like, that, that's, freaks. I would say, I kind of agree with the cop. Like, who the fuck lets these people out? Outside, <laughs> because again, like going to, going into like the next part of it is, is when everyone starts turning on the Batman yeah. a little bit, and I love Gordon. Gordon's like, "Back the fuck up, or I'll shoot you in the stomach." And it's just like, "All right, so I need you to cold cock me with a left, yes, and I'm going to give you a key, and you're going to get the fuck out of here." At no point is that brought back in the movie that he cold cocked a. <laughs> fucking cop in a police station and they all tried to murder him and then he dips and at no point is that brought back up in the whole like cafe scene where they get the Riddler it's like hey thanks for helping us catch this guy you're under arrest too you fucking psycho like (laughs) what are you thinking like what the fuck is happening even the guy with the handlebar mustache is like I'm cuffing this motherfucker I don't care if he puts a knife in my chest I really don't care I'm cuffing this son of a bitch I hate this town I hate this town god Batman and then the mayor. (laughs) Like you get the whole thing of Catwoman's like, all right, cool, you know. And and it's dusk. It's not. It's not nighttime. Yeah, because they think the the flying rat is a penguin. Yeah, is not a falcon. Yeah. Um, I like uh, even says you wouldn't think it's a bat. You fucking piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love how he even flips it around. He's He's like, like, you're a racist, rich prick. I know you're rich. There's no normal guy could take this kind of money. Uh, And then, 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 like right before that, before the whole penguin beatdown, was the debut of the Batmobile. Yes, it's a 1972 Barracuda. Uh, with a fucking uh, F, I want to say an F sixteen motor on the back of it. It's Warner Brothers flexing its budget. It's 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 a guy flexing his budget. It's like, yeah, I bought an F twenty two Raptor and put a goddamn rocket on the back of a Barracuda that you know the frame would shake. The frame itself would shake until the bolts got loose and that motherfucker would explode. <laughs> Just the fear physics of a Batmobile is fucking fantastic. Now, honestly, I think this is the coolest Batmobile we've had since the Burton Mobile, the fir- very first one. Yeah, it's, it's a car. Yeah. It's yeah. just a straight up it vehicle. Looks, John Wick can drive this goddamn thing. It's <laughs> slick. It looks nice. It looks like a kind of like a modernized version of the 60s one we got. Yeah. And it was, I, I love it. The 60s, it. the 60s one is a concept vehicle. I is, love that. Which is though. fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was like yeah. one of like three cars ever made yeah it was a concept vehicle it reminds me of the vehicle if you've ever watched the simpsons homer mobile yes <laughs> that's shitty he's like what the fuck did you design <laughs> that's what the 60s batmobile looks like it looks like an incredibly unreliable vehicle with two separate windshields <laughs> it's holy a toy cannolis, batman holy cannolis we're gonna die in this goddamn monstrosity it's just a big toy <laughs> and get 10 miles to the gallon <laughs> And uh, I thought also a really... You know, Alfred hates doing that shit, too. When he goes to get the Batmobile and it's like fucking on E. And he's like, I just filled this goddamn thing up. And then he's got to put rocket fuel in it, too. Yeah. It's got a rocket on the back. You know how fucking expensive that shit is, Bruce? Yeah. He's basically, oh. It's basically the car from Toy Story where it's just a fucking firecracker on the back. Yes. <laughs> and, be- and before I get to uh, another scene that I thought worked really well, uh, Alfred, I thought it was 
actually a pretty good arc because you start really fucking getting annoyed with Bruce in this movie because he is treating Alfred like shit. At like, any time, Alfred could just whoop his ass. Yeah, like, like like straight out the gate within the first scene, he already smacks him with the, you're not my dad. And I'm just like, God fuck damn, you, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, I'm just like, fuck. I, I, and Alfred, like, there's so many other times he kept doing that. And then uh, the bomb gets sent. Alfred gets, boom, you know, gets put in the hospital. Mm. And even then... The first words out of Bruce's mouth, because at that point he learns the secrets of his father and his mother. First words out of the motherfucker's mouth when he opens his eyes. He's like, you lied to me. It's like, bitch, because of you, Alfred is in the hospital. The first words out of your mouth when he opens his eyes isn't, I'm sorry, or are you okay? It's, you lied to me. Hey, Alfred, you're a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Let me press stop on the fucking Walkman playing fucking Nirvana. Yeah. Click. <laughs> you lied to me. I hate you. <laughs> I know. I want a candy for breakfast, you piece of shit. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> my girl, my girl. <laughs> but then, you know, eventually within that scene, like, Alfred kind of sets them straight. Like, on, like, you know, what feels like his deathbeds, Alfred's, like, giving them the ones that are being like, motherfucker, I was there for you when no one else was. You've got a goddamn responsibility. It's time for you to get off your fucking ass and quit feeling sorry for yourself. Like, really gives him a pep talk on, like, on his own deathbed. Something he should have did, like, 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Sack up, son. Basically, you know, he's like, look at me. I'm all bruised up, but I'll be out of here in a few days. What's your problem? Get out there and kick some ass. Can you imagine, like, the horror stories Alfred probably would have told this fucking kid i'm, I'm like the, the michael kane alfred is scary enough yeah because he was like special like, hey, forces in, or some I shit was, i was in india in burma and murdering people to find a jewel thief alfred just takes his shirt off he's still got an eight pack and he's just like starts beating the shit out of bruce <laughs> he's got the the, the, the kalea scars from Africa. yes <laughs> <laughs> like killmonger <laughs> he's got those on there hey how did you get those one for every death <laughs> just picturing up like one for a, every soul I took. <laughs> just picturing like the butler from Archer, who's like a war hero. Oh, Woodhouse. Woodhouse. Woodhouse is the psycho of World War One. <laughs> he had a taunting bet with all his buddies. Last man standing against it all. Yeah. No, Woodhouse, <laughs> greatest butler next to Alfred. Oh yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know who Woodhouse is, look up Eggs Woodhouse. Yes, it's amazing. It's twenty six hundred calories. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think another scene that was that worked really well was uh, you know Riddler gets captured, brought into uh, the jail cell. Batman shows up, and you know it's kind of just not even really talking to him much. It's kind of more or less letting Enigma talk to him. Mm-hmm. He'll just say like one or two words, and then Enigma will just well oh yada 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 blah 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 and just start you know waxing poetic about everything, and then he was like. We almost had them. We almost had them all. And Batman's like, oh, what the fuck? Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Bruce Wayne. And for a second, mm-hmm. you're sitting here going like, fuck, he knows he's Bruce. And this yeah. is why he's been fucking with him. And then he reiterates, he was the one that got away, Bruce Wayne. And it was just like, oh, shit. Oh, no, he thinks Batman was helping him, which I thought was a really good turning point because you as the audience is sitting here going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, he's been fucking with him. And then it's, oh, no, he's not fucking with him. Oh, he's just so fucked up. He thinks Batman's been helping him. 
And then when he's just like, no. And I thought it was really heavy handed. He was just like, no, you're a fucking psychopath. He's like, no, no, I'm not. He's like, no, you're crazy. I would never help someone like you. You're ridiculous. Fuck you. Now, you know, he's just like, give it to him. And he's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the fact that they do the map. So the buildup of Batman in this movie, I was really thinking he was just kind of like go through the glass and kill him. Yeah. Because he's like, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. I'm just like, oh, no, you can't have that. Like, <laughs> you just can't have it. I'm just saying, like. Oh, no. yeah, because it kept clicking to the cameras. That way all the cops were immediately going to know. Like, he could black that camera out and just murder this motherfucker. And be like, oh, no, he had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he have all these blood come out of his eyes? He had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just deadpan. He had a stroke. I don't know what happened. I'm the Batman. I'm, I'm a fly. <laughs> what are you going to do? Shoot me? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Shoot me, you prick? <laughs> Again? Again? Uh, you couldn't catch me the last time. I was at a fucking police station. He gets fucked up quite a bit in this movie. Oh, he, he has took a, f- a beating coming off that building. Oh, yeah. Big time. And he takes a, as like an explosion happened in front of him, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's just as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. When he's just as Bruce Wayne. And then... Uh, and then a few minutes after as Batman when he's like trying to help the guy get the suicide bomb yeah. off. I like how no one kind of like freaked out that Bruce Wayne just kind of saved a child like out of the blue during the funeral during the car scene and no one been like oh all right hey, this go- the car's there oh fuck everybody get the fuck out of here at no point did anyone look at Bruce Wayne like hmm okay that was neat you know you never, you never see a rich guy help anyone because he's a prick because he's a prick right you know? all right cool hey where'd Bruce go and then the Batman shows up and it's just like hmm if anyone could do that right. rich asshole above the law <laughs> Who is the... No, it's not like he's not a suspect at this point. Of all the skinny white guys in Gotham. Skinny white guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one who could afford to get away with murder <laughs> is the rich one. How'd you like that twist, though, where it's like the uh, the Waynes got involved with the uh, with the gangs and all that, too? Oh, the whole Arkham. Uh, I loved that, that the, uh, the mother was part of the Arkham family, the father mm-hmm. was the Wayne family, and the mother was certifiably insane, which is why they started Arkham I, Asylum. I kind of hated that part, just for the fact of like the, the backstory I know yeah. about the parents, because it's not like the Spider-Man parents where they just made them S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Uh, this, <laughs> this, this one was like, it was set in stone. Yeah. Martha and Thomas Wayne were philanthropists, and they did good shit. Mm-hmm. Her last name is Kane, not right. Arkham. And that's where you get Barbara Kane and all those other characters like Batwoman, right? And like you get the whole extended universe because Batwoman and Batman are cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of fucked with me a little bit. I'm just like, because the Arkham family are evil people, right? In the Batman universe, and like the guy who created Arkham Asylum is a psycho, yeah. <laughs> and they build it up throughout the thing because they bring up another uh, character later on down the line in the, like, the lure of Batman. And they kind of keep it the same. Yeah. Like, hey, the Arkham family changed their name, and now they're part of like the Court of Owls. Yeah, Which yeah, yeah. I love Mr. Sunday movies. is like, I acknowledge the facts that I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> about my prediction. Like, everybody was fucking wrong. It's just another mediocre Batman movie. <laughs> it is, technically. It's just, well, a, it's just a, it's a two-villain set. That's well, it. so I think the yeah. only reason it became a mediocre movie was because of the third act. Mm-hmm. Everything leading up to this was a thrilling crime mystery movie. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, it's... 
the master plan is to flood Gotham. But, <laughs> yeah, but wait, there's more. Yeah, it felt like the but wait, there's more was the moment the studio stepped in and went, but we need a big third act. You can't just... It felt like the writer-director kind of wanted the movie to end relatively there, maybe have like one or two little stingers, you know, to kind of set something up or, you know, to give a better resolution. Kinda, if you think about it, that's all the Batman movies. Yeah. Like every last one of them does that same final big act. Mm-hmm. But this you, one just felt like out of nowhere. Like we never heard much about the the sea level mm-hmm. uh, barges or anything. It's not like when they were going through Arkham or when they were going through Gotham rather. Um, no one was like, huh, look at that. Arkham, is, I mean, Gotham is uh, below the sea level. And, you know, th- those dams seem to be a little bit, you know, rusty. You know, th- yeah. there was no acknowledgement that. Gotham was below sea level. Probably because, like, you know, in, say, Dark Knight, Joker's there when all the shit happens. Usually the villain's there, and the, the, by this point, uh, Riddler's in jail. Well, no, I'm talking about just acknowledgement of the surrounding to make the third act the make big, sense. The big, the big uh, disaster at the end of every Batman yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, so the big disaster of, like, the Nolan one with Joker was the two boats. Yeah. And then you had But the, it's like that was set up because we had a little mm-hmm. bit of lead in showing the boats and the scenery, yeah. knowing the area. But it feels but like it, the Riddler's already defeated, you know, himself, where, like, Joker's president is present in the, that movie. Is kind of yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, and with the third act, I kind of liked it just for the fact that it was the last fuck you. Because it's like, Batman, there is still a problem. Mm-hmm. You don't know what this motherfucker is about. Yeah. Oh, you called a nerd. Yeah. But yeah. you don't know what the fuck he's about. The goddamn Twitter's on his goddamn side. <laughs> and then all the little psychos show up with the guns. Uh, that's, that's, that's actually the problem I have with a movie is this whole movie is about social media and like the responsibility of the government and the rich. At no point does anyone be like, hey, that guy's alive. That Falcone guy, yeah, he's alive this whole fucking time. Yeah, John Tudor's character. At no point did the camera not catch that motherfucker and be like, the conspiracy of Falcone is still alive. You know, right. I'm just like, he would have been got so fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, what a waste. I don't know, we'll find it. Uh, I don't, I, the whole uh, gunman thing kind of grounded in reality a little bit. Yeah. Which I liked. Because it's like, and, yeah, yeah. The, psych- the psychos came out of the woodwork. Yeah, see, and I, and I think that would have been an interesting thing if they had just not included the flooding aspect. And again, I feel like the only reason I have a problem with the flooding aspect, that would be like if, you know, okay, Chris, you, you've been living at this apartment for, you know, a couple months now. That would be like if all of a sudden I said, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, watch out for the quicksand that's going to randomly happen in the driveway. I would have been prepared. I watched. I watched Hannibal Buress. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but it would have been something seemingly out of yeah. nowhere. That like, okay, sure, all right. It's just, it felt like just out of it's nowhere. A very, it's a very Bond villain esque yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where again, like maybe if when you moved in, you saw that there was some quicksand around, and you're like, hey, what's up with this? And I'm like, oh yeah, that, that could be a problem. Are you sometimes. afraid of quicksand? <laughs> it's just the first thing I thought of that could be a problem. We talked about this on the real, car ride. It's a real Scooby-Doo-esque kind of thing. But yeah, well, we, we talked about it on the car ride back from Tennessee, too. So. We talked about a lot of shit. His views on Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, six hours. God damn. Tune, <laughs> tune into something good for you for all of Alex's opinions on Russia. <laughs> But yeah, no. So that's that's the only reason it felt like a problem is it was just something that it is, it is a very large like disaster yeah. type situation that kind of it, it does give it a weird tie off at the end. Yeah, but well, it I'm does, cool with the disaster. It's just I didn't know that could happen. 
That, that, that was that was my whole crux. I was like, wait, Gotham could be flooded? Yeah. And yeah. that's what we're doing now? Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> like that that that's more or less where I was coming from. I was like, I didn't know this could be a thing, but I I guess we're doing this now. It's like it's a combination of uh Seattle and New Orleans or like one of these beach towns. Well the the, the thing about Gotham is it incorporates every major city. Yeah. There are little parts, old parts, you know, the below sea level thing, you know, it, the Seagate. Yeah, which Seagate, is a, the Seagate is. is also a prison in the Gotham universe, a Seagate prison. Then you have Blackgate, which is on the other side, and then you have Arkham City, which is actually just a giant penitentiary <laughs> within the Gotham area because that's where they keep all the bad shit in the bad city. It was, that was <laughs> where Batman just flies over and poops. They do that in an yeah. episode of The Wire. Yes, yes, <laughs> The Wire in Baltimore. I forgot about that. <laughs> Baltimore is like a nice version of Gotham, <laughs> except they sell heroin and crack. Yeah, <laughs> or the hard not. That's going to be the next step Batman movie where they sell drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the guy. Well, speaking of drugs, he takes drugs in the movie. Yes, yeah, uh, he it's, takes it's, a Venom point one. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly what it seemed like it was. It was because yeah, he's getting he got, his he ass got shot. He got beat in the head, mm-hmm. and he was he's getting his he, ass whooped. He was finally down because he took a bullet to the chest. And it's a thirty out six. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I can understand. Yeah, and him. you see him pull out this vial of like green solution, jam it into his oh, leg, yeah. and he goes. Yeah, he goes like Hulk mode and just beats this dude. And like Catwoman's watching, like do it. So, he, so Batman's <laughs> just going to get cancer Sploosh. in like uh, a couple no, of years. No, he's, he's rich. He don't get cancer. <laughs> he's got the cancer bed. It's in the closet somewhere. But that closet. could at least be a little bit of foreshadowing for that they might include Bane. Later yeah, on, because that, that's because that, that was the fuel. If they, if, they keep, if they keep it up with yeah. him, like I, I think they'll keep up with him for at least another two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to see kind of like a like what they were planning for the other Spider-Man movies with the Bruce Campbell being Mysterio kind of thing. I want another major character just to have the minor, just a minor cameo. Yeah, of his getting his ass kicked in like the first fifteen minutes. Can you imagine if Batman's uh, chasing after, let's say? Uh, a guy named Killer Croc, but it's just a big ass fucking dude who keeps alligators. <laughs> like, I know it's one thing I hated about the Suicide. Well, one of the many things I didn't like yeah, about Suicide Squad was like Killer the, Croc. The Killer was Croc just, was about five foot ten. He's five yeah. foot ten. Yeah, and he was like super tall. reptilian too. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, Killer Croc is about ten foot six. Yeah, uh, five hundred pounds of pure death. Fucking uh, five hundred pounds of pure death Terry, in the green ring. <laughs> yeah, Terry Crews should play Killer Croc. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good. Terry Crews as uh, <laughs> Terry <laughs> Crews as uh, well, what's his name? Uh, Slade would have been hilarious. <laughs> Just this big motherfucker. <laughs> that's well, another we, character. That's that'd be a great character to add. Slade. He's never been added. Mm-hmm. He's part of the Teen Titans. He's in the Batman series, and he he's a. He's, I'm still waiting for the Phantasm one. Like yeah. I'm, I'm really like if you're going to do Hush, if you're going to introduce Hush, Thomas, you know Bruce Wayne's friend. That's how you do it. Yeah. As a side character, and then later on, let's say he gets his face obliterated mm-hmm. in some fucking attack, and he can't do it. Oh, same explosion that um, uh, Harvey Denson. Yeah. Did you see the? Uh, thing. Did you see the Birds of Prey movie? Yes. 
Yeah, I said that. Oh, watch me. Ewan McGregor is Dude, a great. He was black the only mask. The highlight of that movie, but yeah. they waste black mask in that for uh, that oh, movie. He's great. He, plays, he plays a great psycho. I loved him to reprise his role in another Batman movie. Just to be like, he was in that. Yeah, for See, real. He's in that. I would watch the whole movie of that. Yeah, but he took a grenade to the stomach. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we keep talking about sequels, and even though I don't think we have a officially fully confirmed Batman two in the slate, uh, they have confirmed that some Hulu, uh, Hulu uh, HBO Max series are going to be coming out of this one including Cobblepot. Yeah. So there's actually oh, yeah. going to be a series well, I want, I want following H- that. I want HBO to kind of take some responsibility the way Disney took responsibility for these series that are run off of the movies. Um, like when you well, see... Let's, let's talk about that real quick because exactly what you want is about to happen. So... There was another recent acquisition by HBO. I think it was they got Discovery. Mm-hmm. But Discovery is kind of taking hold of the DC stuff. And they said that they want their own Kevin Feige to kind of oversee everything and put it all on the right course. What's so that they're. I was going to. I'm sorry. Don't they have a guy? I thought they did. Well, so here's the interesting thing Marvel Studios. Even before, I think it was even before, yeah, even before they were bought by Disney, it was their own studio house. They did the movies. Okay. They weren't going to Paramount to do the movies anymore. They weren't going to Fox to do the movies anymore. They were doing the movies. That's not what happens with the DC movies. They still go to different production houses to get their shit done. Mm, Gotcha. They don't do their shit in house. They still export it out. So they want to figure out a way to start doing everything in-house, DC Studios, or you know whatever they want to call it, and start really pumping out their own in-universe things that that's now going to be a focus of theirs, okay. supposedly. If, if it were to be like a conflict, I would just get James Gunn to do it. I don't think it will be a conflict because I think Gunn has said that Guardians 3 is going to be his last Marvel film. So there you go. Well, Taika Waititi is kicking like, ass anyway. I thought they had yeah, a, I was going to say Marvel's just fine with Taika. I'm fine. With, I'm loving that. <laughs> yeah, I thought they had a guy for that run of the uh, uh, Ben Affleck Batmans. The, uh, well, okay. Well, they have different directors running different things. So like what we were talking about with Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi was not running the Marvel stories he was directing the Thor movie. Right, I get that. So he's kind of in charge on what happens with Thor to a point. But then when the Avengers movies happens, he has really no say in that. That's kind of what DC has been doing. So you had like, you know, like uh, Chris was saying, the Nolan verse, you know. So Christopher Nolan was dealing with certain things. And then you had uh, the, the new ones that with. Um, uh, Zack Snyder. Right. So you had kind of like his visions of it all. That's not one individual person kind of dictating things. It's not like he's overlooking. He kind of peeps over at Wonder Woman and goes, what are you doing? Okay, well, if you're doing that, Batman over here is doing this. Why don't we change these two lines to where they connect? And then that way we could have these characters interact later, which would open up this storyline, which we wouldn't have had before. That's what the actual creative parts on all this go. Right now, DC's just spitting out movies going, how about this? 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 Where Marvel's going, no, 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 no. Watch this. We'll get to this later. 
But watch I think, this. I out. think a problem with the DC whole, the whole DC thing is you have uh, the CW, which is a, a Warner Brothers. Um, Maybe that's what I'm thinking of the guy that ran all that. So the CW is cranking out DC prop properties like a motherfucker. All right, they let Fox do a few. Uh, then Fox got bought, so they're not. They did. They, Fox tried to push a Constantine series. It I remember that it didn't work out. But the guy who played him now shows up in the other the, DC props, the Flash, prop, the Flash Arrow, whatever the fuck's left. Um, I've got. A, there's a lot of DC stuff out there. I've been doing a show. long time, and it's on regular too. television too. I think that's what really keeps them alive is the fact that it's not on a subscription service. Uh, it happens to be on HBO, but you can actually watch it on regular television um, or CW. Yeah, and like they built, they built a whole thing. So like, yeah, yeah it's kind of called the Arrowverse because yeah. it all started with Arrow. But, but it even it even carries on into like the DC mainstream movies now mm-hmm. because Flashpoint. Well, not just that, but you have uh, Peacemaker, the series, kind of has an interaction with some characters from like the Teen Titans thing they made, mm. and then you have like the Teen Titans have Hawk and Dove, and they have um, I forget like uh, Black and White or something like it, some other characters, but they kill off mainstay characters. Yeah, they kill them off. Main and DC is really good at keeping them dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I will say that they're good at keeping people dead. Um, <laughs> And I think because there's just so much interference, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say interference, just too many hands in the pot yep. to try to uh, pull out, hey, this is this is what we're going to do mm-hmm. for like Zack Snyder's movie. And it's just like, okay, that's cool. You know, you got some characters. You're going to introduce some other ones. Uh, stop making your movies four hours long. <laughs> stop being a prick. Yeah. Um, and it definitely seems like they're but on Kevin the Feige, hunt. But Kevin Feige, though, he's like, oh, no, they're going to direct the movies. Mm-hmm. But we have all the tie-ins together. We have a set gold path. Yep. You can deviate from the path as long as you get back on it before the end of the movie. Yep. And that, and they they they've recently had their writers retreat where they think I think they said they planned out like the next you know eight mm. to ten years of the movies that they keep going kind of thing. So like, essentially, then you know that one guy that did Morbius was like smoking crack. And <laughs> like, but, I got an idea, man. Shut up and go back to Japan. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like during that writers retreat, they didn't write the next ten years of movies. They just said, okay, over the next ten years. We ought to introduce these characters, and by the end of this, this ought to be the big bad that we lead up to in ten years. That kind of thing. That mm-hmm. that's essentially what they did, and they and they found a way to kind of outline it, and then they went, "All right, so this little pocket here is a free space where someone can do whatever they want. This little spot uh, here is going to be a free space. You know, as long as you know we can maybe connect these two free spaces together with like a line of dialogue, maybe we're going to be golden. You know, we and exactly what Chris said, we can deviate off this path." as long as we circle back mm-hmm. at least by around here so we can continue with this 10-year narrative we're writing out. What could possibly go wrong? That's what they've always done, though. Mm-hmm. They've done it because they've stuck to a rough idea of what they want to do. And But like Chris was saying, DC has so many different people throwing out their ideas. There's not one overarching head going, but wait. If we do this idea, that's going to conflict with this idea that we're talking about wanting to do in a couple years. Why don't we hold off on that, change this, and if we actually make it this story, we can actually make it really captivating as we bring it along. So I have high hopes because, again, I enjoyed the new Batman movie. I like the new Joker movie. Um, I hope I hope to God they don't try to extend this into some other goddamn DC property. 
Because it needs to be a standalone. I hope it is. I hope it is. And, I, and I'm really glad they stuck to their guns and they made Joker a standalone. Because he's clearly not part of this universe. Yeah, no. So I so I'm liking their standalones right now. Mm. If they find a way to cleverly wrap it together, I'm okay with it. But right now it's working really good as a standalone. If, <laughs> it's so hard to do that with a new like like new Batman. It's kinda like Michael Keaton halfway through the movie of like Batman Returns been like, God damn, I bet Superman don't have this goddamn problem. Well see, here's the thing. They do that Batman and Robin. They do. <laughs> Superman doesn't have to deal with this who's, bullshit. Yeah, who's, <laughs> who's to say that Superman has become public by now? No, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's early, but like later on they're still gonna be like, yeah. Hey, did you hear about that uh, godlike Titan? Who kind of just flies around. Like, but I think that would be kind of an interesting thing. Like, if Superman hit the scene after Batman was a thing. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of an, a better Batman v Superman plot is Batman trying to figure out, is this guy actually a threat? He's new. I don't trust him. He says he's good. I don't uh, trust him. We just saw Batman and I, Superman. I'm just fly. saying, but, <laughs> but talking about mapping things out, that makes it a better movie. No, it sounds interesting, but... Yeah. And that's what the look, that Dark Knight Returns theme is one of my favorite themes mm-hmm. in Batman mm-hmm. lore. But some, sitting there going like, I already saw that. Yeah, let's no, see. They, they, they already let's, fucked all but, that up. But that's a cool idea anyway. I think it'd be cool if you introduced like another Batman-esque character, maybe like a Green Arrow type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we've seen a... Th- a fucking, Robin! Yeah, Robin. Yeah, Fuck it. Let's watch some people die. Let's watch some, <laughs> let's watch some circus people die, and let's see what. Because you remember how I, I saw the sparkle oh, in your eye yeah, when I you did. said I want to see. I want to see circus people die. <laughs> what about uh? What's the uh, the Jason Todd story? The Jason Todd story would be too early. Yeah, just because Batman raises Dick Grayson, who becomes Nightwing. Right. And then he gets Jason Todd, and then he you know drops him and loses him. Yeah. And then Batman or Joker beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Now you give me a Red Hood movie. That's what I'm saying. That would be a my Red Hood jam. Movie. Because if you caught, if you ever played the Arkham series, you yeah. get to play as Red Hood. So Batman, Batman does this cool little Batman, Batman, Batman. <laughs> Batman does an X-ray version where you can see through people, kind of, and it's for like the detective part. But you can see, uh, kind of like his eyes thing in the in the thing, he can kind of see their beats per minute. He can see their heart rate, and if you sneak up on them, their heart rate goes up because they think, "Hey, someone's watching me." And when you knock them out, they're it goes low, kind of like 40 beats per minute, because you knocked him out. Yeah. Because that's what Batman does. You can do that as Red Hood, but you have a gun, and when you sneak up on somebody and shoot them in the head, <laughs> they die. <laughs> like, that's what was cool about that game. No one noticed it until I was like, he's killing people in this movie. Now it's Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> But no, I think this is a really good movie. I'm excited for the HBO series that's going to come of it, especially if they're going to focus on Penguin because yeah. he was one of the better I hope he gets parts obese. of the <laughs> I hope he gets obese, breaks his leg so he has a hobble, <laughs> and Catwoman keeps showing up and fucking him over. Well, I'm sure he'll get his legs broken at some point while he'll have the wobble. I don't yeah. know, I'm kind of curious what kind of villains they would add with Cobblepot. I think it'd be cool mm. if uh, he kind of sees the Riddler some street again. levels. I, mean, like, I would like the Riddler to come back just for the fact that he could just talk shit well, to this little nerd. Here's the thing about this movie. I've, I've mentioned this to a few folks, but it's the one Batman movie uh, that we've had, like, all, like, uh, your top three, Cat, uh, Catwoman, Riddler, and Joker, all in one movie since Adam West. Ah, there you go. That's and Penguin. Yeah. And Penguin. I would love to see if they do the series, if he attacks Harvey Dent and fucks up his face. Mm. That's that. That would I think that would be the great story arc, is Cobblepot going after Harvey Dent and just 
fucking him up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. That's the great thing about Dark Knight is the Harvey Dent story. Yeah. Uh, Ellen Peacemaker, Superman, Aquaman, The Flash, and Wonder Woman show up at the very end. <laughs> and he's carrying someone. He's like, way to show up, you bitch. <laughs> and they showed up late. And like Aquaman looks at The Flash. He's like, what the fuck's his problem? <laughs> Well, I think this is a good place to wrap up this episode of The Couch Brotatoes. For this episode, I've been Alex. This is Cap. And Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts on the batted man? If you're in a group and you see a masked man just come out of the woodwork wanting to kick your ass, gang up on him. Just Don't just stay in there, talk shit, stab that motherfucker. Like, well, they tried shooting him. They attacked him one-on-one like a goddamn Bruce Lee movie, and they wonder why their fucking legs got broke. <laughs> okay.